0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. After the pandemic and the temporary halt that the global economy faced, markets are beginning to bounce back. Organizations are reimagining their operating models to align with the future's necessities. In this HR Chat interview, part of a special series looking ahead to the Rise Above virtual conference in November 2020, we consider where the business ecosystem is heading, what are HR solutions and products of the future going to look like, and how just customer-centric they will really be. Our guest this time is Vivek Karna, chief client partner at Neano. Vivek runs the global sales function, liaising with prospects and customers to deliver solutions that meet their needs. He is a seasoned business development professional with three decades of experience leading teams acquiring revenue. Vivek serves in the advisory role of several regional HR forums and associations, is a frequent speaker at Global Forums and is the past chair of the NAPBS, Global Advisory Council. In addition, Vivek is an associate member of the Institute of Chartered Accountants of India, so he's a very, very busy chap. Vivek, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today.
1: Thank you, Bill. Pleasure to be here. Always excited to be a part of shows like this. So thank you for having me.
0: Inevitably, Vivek, the the current crisis will recede at some point or other. H- has the has has the pandemic introduced a need for organizations to reimagine their go to market strategies? And if so, can you maybe paint a picture of of the changed world of work?
1: Bill, if you should look at the world, right, and you look at the corporations today, they were faced with a unique challenge, right? Uh, suddenly, they had to shut down operations the way they were they were continuing, and a lot of corporations had to move work to home, uh, shut down uh, what was even manufacturing, warehousing, etc. But a few weeks later, they had to restart opening up, right? They still have people had to still get the goods that needed to get delivered. Um, Some portion of it was taken care of by the inventory that was in the pipeline. Um, Other things could continue working because of the technology. But slowly, everything started to open up. Now, even when it started to open up, everyone had to maintain these safety guidelines uh, to ensure everyone's safety. And at that point of time, companies realized that this is not something that was for the short term. It was for the long term. And Mm -hmm. I've had to rethink every aspect of their operating model, right? Everything from resourcing, infrastructure, supply chain, talent, talent acquisition, uh, talent development, uh, learning every aspect of anything to do with human resources had to be rethought about because that is what was affected by the COVID nineteen. Um, you know, the physical goods didn't get affected. It's it's their largest asset that is the human uh, resources that has been affected, and every company has had to rethink their operating model. But at the same time, a lot of companies also realize that this presented some unique opportunities. I was the other day talking to a senior vice president of a very large um, electronics uh, company, and he was telling me that all of their sales that were through the physical channels, the value-added resellers, the distributors, all of those sales had fallen by 20 to 30%. But on the other hand, their e-commerce sales had jumped up by about 40%. So overall, their revenue was still very stable, but the mix had changed. Margins had changed. Uh, The whole ecosystem had changed. So companies have realized, if you look at even the employment market, anything that had to do with e-commerce has actually boomed. Um, Everything to do with gig economy has boomed. All of the gig economy Companies, um, and of course, Amazon being the beachhead, have gone on a hiring spree to hire more people because they have more work that they can uh, service. So, other companies have also had to rethink their operating model to adjust themselves to the challenges and the opportunities that are in front of them
0: so uh you just mentioned there Vivik, uh how customer interactions uh, have, have changed certainly you know, the buying behaviors are, have, have changed but in terms of global customer needs are, are we seeing that those are also evolving as a result of the pandemic and if if so uh in, in what ways are, are they happening
1: so if I'm guessing when you talk about global customer needs, you're talking about my customers uh, who are requiring Niyamo services. Absolutely. Um, All of the customers today uh, have a huge need to ensure that their business continues as, as normal as possible. But they are faced with these enormous challenges, Um, like, for example, as I talked about certain e-commerce companies that are hiring people, and one of the services that Niamo provides is around background checks. Uh, So they are hiring large amounts of people, and their needs still are that I need the background check completed, even with all of the obstacles that are present today, right? With uh, the necessary institutions, whether it's the... The courts, the employers, the credit institutions, the education institutions not working at full capacity, they still need the work done. Um, The corporation's talent acquisition um, strategies have changed. Companies have realized that today their talent can reside anywhere. Earlier, when companies used to um, hire people, you know, as you know, um, one of the most common first list questions used to be do you live near and about the location of work that question's gone companies now no longer want to are looking for talent that is near the location because if the talent can work remotely the person could be anywhere in the country in the county in the state or anywhere on the globe so their need to onboard that talent, to pay that talent is changing tremendously, and they're looking at this not only for from a short-term perspective, but they're seeing a huge change coming in the future. So, a lot of companies are now rethinking even their HR transformation agendas in how they're going to rethink their entire talent pipeline, both the ones for the existing business models and for their future. So even the needs that are being expressed to us today are dynamically changing.
0: Okay, thank you very much. I'd, I'd love to hear from you now uh, your thoughts in terms of how the pandemic has changed organizations' investments in, in HR technology. So just a moment ago, for example, you you mentioned uh, background checks. Now, that's been a very important service for a long time, but it's ne- probably never been as important as, as now when... You can't sit down with somebody, look them in the eye, so to speak, during an interview situation and try and suss them out and get a feeling for them. You you really do have to rely on on background check technology. Um, Also, a lot of companies are are turning to, for example, uh, technologies which allow them to monitor uh, when their employees are actually clocking in and out. You know, are they actually doing their eight hours of work per day if they feel that that's still valuable as opposed to productivity. Um, You had a lot of conversations. So in in your view, how has the crisis changed those investments in in HR tech?
1: Great question. Um, So you give an excellent example, right? Um, Pre-COVID days, most companies used to have a swipe clock system where you would have employees coming in and leaving out and and that's all they cared about because they knew as long as the employee was within the physical infrastructure the eight hours that they would spend um they were expected to you know deliver the work that that they were given right now when the employee is working from home um there is suspect as to how the employee is uh, spending time so a lot of companies have had to shift from what used to be a swipe block to a timesheet. So suddenly we've had our customers come to us and say, can you give us a timesheet application? Because we now not only want to record the, uh, the hours that a person has spent, but also record the activities in which they are spending their time and how much of their time is actually idle. Um, and uh, because not only they are concerned about excess idle time, but they're more concerned about their employees burning up. Because we've all realized that during these times, um, meetings are back to back. People are working more extended hours. So more and more companies today are concerned about their employees working more hours, uh, which could lead to other legal issues down the road, right? As of right now, everybody's more concerned with the entire pandemic and all of that happens. But if your employees in most states in the United States and most countries in the world are, for whatever reason, working more than eight hours a day, you will, you will get yourself a suit either from the, a, a bunch of employees as a class action or from the Labor Department at some point of time. So the companies have had to figure out how they're going to stop and ensure that their employees are not working more than the legal limit of hours, um, or if they are working, how to record it so that they can pay them uh, the appropriate overtime wages so there is a lot of investment that is happening in all of this time tracking technologies both to ensure that they are getting value but on the other hand to ensure that they don't have employees working more than what they should because which places the company in a you know a uniquely difficult position um the other portion that is coming up is as i said as talent gets um spread globally there is more and more need for the companies to have systems um, that can fulfill multiple languages, can ensure compliances across the globe, um, are more easily available and are um, multi-systems and multi-objects so that you can use it on a PC, you can use it on a phone or on a tablet, because um, the employees may have access to different um, systems to access the application. So a lot of investment and a lot of interest that is going into uh, those areas. Equally, um, a lot of HR investment into employee engagement because earlier within the same physical space, your HR business partners could have, um, let's have lunch together, get people together for a fun event or you know just do a happy hour, et cetera. And now suddenly the HR business partner that used to be able to talk to 20 people a day now needs to make 20 Zoom calls or 100 Zoom calls. Uh, if, they, if your HR to business partner ratio is 1 is to 100 to just keep touch with people. So they've had to rethink every aspect of employee engagement, ensuring that they're able to f- create channels where the employees can express both the good and bad that is happening in their day. Um, And as we all know, there is a lot of even greater pressure now to balance work and their life, even though they're working from home, because now they have other unique pressures, right? I'm on a Zoom call and my child comes in. I'm I'm on a call and my dog starts barking. There are so many different challenges that workers are across today, and HR has to step up. So there there are a lot of investment that is going into things like surveys and um, video engagement channels, um, figuring out how they can hold virtual happy hours, um, what kind of services that can be over and above the technology that can be used in order to keep the employees motivated. So yes, there's immense amount of uh, investment taking place right now because the work has to go on and you need a highly motivated uh, workforce to ensure that work goes at the highest efficiency
0: i'd love to hear from you now uh, in terms of the conversations that you have with with hr leaders whether they're hr directors or chros they've had they've had a very difficult uh 6 to 7 months i mean as have we all okay but i i i feel i'm i'm a little bit biased here with an hr podcast but i i i feel that particularly those in an hr function have had it pretty tough recently they've gone from promoting uh the benefits of an employer brand and and helping a company uh find top talent you know during a war for talent to difficult conversations about layoffs and uh trying to Trying to work with employees who are perhaps having mental mental health issues as a, as a result of of the stresses of of, of COVID nineteen. Um, the, the conversations that you've had with HR decision makers have they have they shared anything with you in terms of uh, the, those chats that they've needed to have with their leadership teams with their CEOs in terms of in, ensuring that. There's still a, a genuine and high level of, of employee engagement throughout their companies. Um, maybe, maybe you can share, not an anecdote, but certainly, certainly some, some sound bites from, from, from what you've heard.
1: Um, Bill, when it comes to Niamo's clientele, um, uh, we've been fortunate. Most of our clientele have, have managed to remain stable or grow during this period. Um, but I have had other conversations uh, with prospects that have, that have had to have these difficult scenarios to talk to um, their employees or they have had to leverage uh, government benefits or government schemes, including PPP or um, schemes in United Kingdom or Germany or France, in order to ensure that they can keep their um, employees working and have had to really look at their uh, entire resourcing and retained uh, staffing strategies. Um, one of the biggest impacts that I have found has been uh, with companies that have, had, have been in the gig arena, um, also um, in companies that have uh, had a lot of contingent workforce, and contingent workforce that have been around for some time right? So they've had to have some very difficult conversations with these resources that might have been contributing substantially to certain projects that had to be put on hold because the senior management has taken um, decisions that they don't want to continue funding certain projects because of the uncertainty uh, that is in the future. Um, There was a lot of uncertainty in the early uh, months of COVID. So if you look at from the period from between March to June, um, it was different. Uh, we've seen a definitive change in the attitudes of people since July, August, and even moving into now September. Uh, most of the companies have had a change. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I don't have customers currently in the uh, travel space. We do have some uh, customers in the hospitality area who've had to take some very very strong um, decisions very early on and we haven't heard back from them. They're in a kind of uh, absolute furlough mode.
0: but the rest
1: are kind of creeping back up and you're right. Um, as I mentioned earlier, for most companies uh, these uh, these needs are to ensure that uh, they could keep the employee engagement. Uh, going. So, all of the investment in tools, also the conversations um, that they've had to have with their employees, because all of the, it, it's, you know, when you have a typical recession, companies very clearly know that if they're laying off people, that they're not going to see a return maybe for a few years, right? Uh, at least a year or two. With the pandemic, the biggest problem most companies have found themselves into is that they're vision is only for the next few weeks, the next few months. So on one side, they are telling people to go on a furlough or they're laying off. They just don't know if they will need those people back in two months. So they have to keep that balance between the message of their need to cut resources to ensure um, the company's stability, but on the other hand, to keep them engaged so that if if and when if they need the talent back, they should be able to onboard them back relatively quickly. So that's the biggest challenge that most CHROs have faced in this period.
0: I've got a big question for you now, Vivek, and I I think uh, I need you to look under your desk and pull out your crystal ball for me, okay, if you have one under there. Um, (laughs) Because I want to kind of get your predictions now. What what are HR solutions and products of the future going to be like and how how customer-centric will they need to be and and you know you're a guy who talks to talk talk to your customers talks to your prospects all the time so you you have your finger on the pulse you're 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 out there you're you're chatting with with with, with the people who 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 be making the buying decisions in your opinion what, what what's changing um and and how how focused on on the customer how how bespoke how tailored must the solutions be
1: in in the coming years um so the way I understand your question, Bill, um I think there are definitive changes uh that are more permanent in nature that have happened over the last uh couple of years. Um number one, um uh on-prem is history. So anything to do with the HR technology is the only way customers are, will buy or will continue to buy is going to be SaaS. Right. Um, Integration is the big area that I see uh, in the future because companies have invested in so many solutions. And unless the solutions talk to each other effectively. Now, a lot of companies say that systems are integrated, but those systems don't talk effectively. And this is actually specifically more unique to HR Because in HR, a transaction is not just a transaction. It has an effective date to it. It has nuances to it. Um, Every transaction could have a different downstream impact in terms of the reporting that happens off that transaction. So a lot of places which earlier used to be just integrated from the perspective, oh, if you are a user on the system, you also have access to the other system, or your name and address information or user information gets passed along. Companies today are looking for more effective and straight-through processing. Um, so for example, if an employee logs on to their system, it automatically logs them to their time system, which sends the data to the payroll system, which also updates um, other areas. Or for example, if an employee updates um, their uh, their status in terms of having a child, it will automatically spur the workflow to get their insurance updated, Ensure. So a lot more automated processes are being asked for and being expected uh, by by the the employees, especially the millennial employees who are who are used to this coming from all of their consumer grade applications, right? So I I definitely see lot more automated systems. Um, now, while artificial intelligence and machine learning are the jargon of the day, um, uh, in my mind, it's very similar to, you know, when the word Internet was introduced back in the late 90, 90s, early 2000. You know, when we had the dot-com boom, everybody thought Internet was, you know, was something unique. Everybody wanted to jump on it. And then the bust happened and everybody thought this would go away. The same thing is happening, in my mind, in artificial intelligence and machine learning and straight through processing. Um, We have so much hype. We have so many companies uh, happening in this. And and some of it will bust. Some of it will go away. Mind you, make no mistake, this is going to become so integral in part of how HR technology is created and delivered that you will see a lot more automated activities happening where today it still takes um, either two workflows or two steps or multiple clicks to ensure something has to take place, Um, you will see a lot more artificial intelligence playing in, uh, in order to undertake activities um, that are needed. Um, by an employee and making the life much more simple. A um, lot more global deployments. Uh, companies are getting more and more global today, uh, not only because their customer base is global, but because also their talent base is global. And governments all over the world are continuing to make um, compliance stronger and much more effective. Um, they are um, going after people who don't comply uh, because they are starved of revenue. So um, compliance is going to be on top of mind. And uh, I do see a lot of solutions coming out, both in terms of compliance and uh, global nature of every HR technology that you have today. So multiple language, multiple currency, um, high availability is going to be the norm.
0: Okay, wonderful. We are we're coming towards the end of this interview already, Vivek. You're not going to believe that. Uh, before we wrap things up, just two more questions for you. Um, and the next one, I'd, I'd like to switch up the pace a little bit. I like to do this in my interview. So, in sixty seconds or less, okay, I am going to test your your sales abilities right now. Uh, in <laughs> sixty seconds, <laughs> in sixty seconds or less, how are the Amu's services helping to augment an already overstretched HR function?
1: Oh, very, very simple. Um, uh, Niamo is a company that delivers innovative HR solutions. And I'm not using the word innovative just for the sake. We create solutions that help HR departments become more effective in managing their employee relations. We help take away the grunt load of work that they have whether it be in managing time, uh, leave, absence, payroll, HR data management, performance management, learning administration, all of the administrative activities that you could think about anywhere on the globe, all the 200 countries, any of the different languages. So any language, any part of the globe, we have the infrastructure, both in terms of software, our own physical presence globally, our knowledge, and the domain expert of two thousand plus HR experts to deliver these solutions for our clients today. So we basically, uh, for lack of better word, become the best assistance that an HR business partner could ever have. Um, you know, I am I'm actually quoting a client who had who had taken an HR outsourcing solution from Niamo, forty countries, eighteen different languages. And the day they realized the value that Neamo got was the day when they had a huge issue and they had to restructure their organization. They came back and said, you know what, what we did in the next 30 days to restructure the company, we could have never done it on our own without Neamo's help because we had so much of support to take over all of these different, keeping our business running that we could focus on the strategic job that we hadn't had So that is, I think, the best uh, compliment that I have ever got from a client.
0: It's a great compliment. It took you way over the 60 seconds, but you're forgiven. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just finally for today, Vivek, how can our listeners connect with you personally, whether that's through LinkedIn or elsewhere? And also, how can they learn more about Niamu?
1: Well, yes, absolutely. Visit us on niamo.com. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And it's on my, name, on my name, Vivek Khanna. Um, also, uh, Niamo is holding this mega HR event coming up on November 12th and 13th, uh, which is called Rise Above 2020. R-I-S-E, above, A-B-O-V-E, 2020.niamo.com. Uh, It's a unique event. We have already got over 1,500 registered attendees. I expect over 5,000, maybe 10,000 people attending, 50 sessions, uh, 50 speakers, 38 great sessions, something not, it's not really about Miano, but what we believe is in the world of HR, the world of global HR. And we have got some of the best speakers and some of the best minds in this industry talking about um how they are going to enable and help companies rise above in the coming year so come join us there
0: absolutely and the hr gazette is a media partner listeners uh, there'll be a link to how you can register for the rise above event in the show notes for for this episode as i mentioned at the top of uh at the top of the podcast today uh, this is actually an interview which is part of a four part special series looking at uh, the rise above event and chatting with members of the neamo team so please do check out other interviews uh depending on when this one's published in relation to the others you may be able to check out all four in one go if not keep coming back and, and you'll be able to see more and more over the, over the course of the month of october um, but that just leaves me to say for today vivek thank you so much for joining me on the hr chat show
1: thank you bill thank you for the opportunity do appreciate
0: it and listeners until next time happy working thank you for listening to the hr chat podcast Brought to you by the HR Gazette.